It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Who they think they're going to beat them Bengals? It is the Locked On Bengals podcast with your hosts Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Today, we're going to spend the first part of the show giving you a little bit of a preview into this Sunday's game against the 49ers. We've been talking about it for two days, and we'll wrap that up today. I also have an 18-minute interview with the Bengals starting center and Pro Football Focus's Team of the Week center from week one, Trey Hopkins, who is a very thoughtful guy. Got to talk to him a little bit about what he does in his free time, some of his hobbies, And then we started talking about football. So that was really, really fun. And I hope you guys like all of that. Joe, we are doing a fantasy league with 18 of our listeners. I'm in fourth place. I can't even see you in the standings. Please. You wanted to shout out to a number one. Yeah, Dusty Ball. Shout out to him because he wrecked the league in week one. And uh, he's been a a lot of fun on Twitter and, and having a good time this year so far. But, hey, I'm in ninth place right now. As long as you're top 10, you're good. All right. So week one. That's it. Now I'm coming. Just getting warmed up. I can't see that far down. Although Joe did get the waiver claim on Miko Hardman because none of you somehow in places 20 to 10 claimed what should have been the top claim player in in fantasy football this week, especially in a league this deep. But you know what? I forgive you if you're listening. <laughs> Just get more active. Don't let Joe get these steals going forward because you know he will if you let him. Well, Jake said, hey, we should talk about fantasy just a little bit because we haven't done it since, uh, you know, when everyone was having their drafts. And I said, well, okay, if we do that, we can't do it until after the waiver claims go through because I want to get my guy. That's right. Nicole Hardman should have been the number one waiver claim in most fantasy leagues. And Joe wins this this week. I got Raheem Mostert, who might get some snaps for San Francisco. Don't think I'm going to play him this week, though. I think the Bengals will be able to stop the run. So as far as fantasy relevant players this week, who do you like? I mean, George Kittle is an obvious answer. Oh, yeah. Are right. you going back to the John Roswell? Yeah, I think if you own Kittle, of course you're playing him. I think if you own Tyler Boyd, especially our league where it's 20 teams. But, uh, of course, you're playing, you're playing Tyler Boyd. After that, uh, I guess you could probably flex Giovanni Bernard. As, as of right now, as of today's recording, Joe Mixon hasn't practiced in two days. So if it's like Marvin Lewis, I think we're looking at partly cloudy for Mixon. Maybe he practices on Friday, and if, the, and if he does, then sure, uh, you may want to insert him in your lineup. But I think anytime a guy is half practiced, half injured, I kind of try to stay away from him if I have other options. So when I'm looking at uh, John Ross, that's the question, right? Because a lot of people claimed him this week as one of the highest claimed players in fantasy football. 
I do think he'll get the targets in. He had 12 targets last week, and I believe two of them were called back on penalties, so it really could have been 14. I watched the the film. I thought they could have thrown it to him 20 times. As the uh, first half was going, it looked like Seattle was giving him no respect. All those speed out routes were wide open for Ross, and I think the Bengals will look at that film and say, if San Fran doesn't doesn't get on him and play a little tighter, we just keep dishing him the ball and let him play. So I do think Ross is in is, is in line again for maybe another 10 target game. I think there's a little bit more speed in that San Francisco secondary. Richard Sherman aside, the safeties and uh, the other cornerback Witherspoon, I think, have a little bit more speed than the Seattle secondary does. That being said, I think the big question is. Is Nick Bosa going to play? Let's get into that right. in our lead story today. This is your Locked On Bengals lead story. I'm Jake Lisko along with Joe Goodberry. The news out of San Francisco is that Nick Bosa hasn't practiced for two days in a row now. We thought that for sure after he missed some practices last week, they were just managing his work and that he would play. However, reports today seem to suggest that there's a chance he might not play against Cincinnati as his ankle's a little bit sore. Maybe he came back too early as a young guy eager to make his mark, clearly was ready to do damage and did damage against Tampa. But if he's out a week after Ezekiel Ons is out, I was just talking about how Cleveland's catching a break with Sam Darnold not playing in New York. That'd be a massive break for Cincinnati. And it'd be a break two weeks in a row. We thought the same thing last week when Ziggy Ansah was listed as questionable, I believe, and ended up not playing for the 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 Seahawks. So two weeks in a row, if the Bengals, obviously, if we're looking at this team, we're like, look at the tackle depth. The Bengals are, with, are without two um, starters right now in Jonah Williams and Cordy Glenn. If you get to go against backup defensive ends two weeks in a row, that is a huge break for the Bengals because Nick Bosa has played really well, at least in week one. And we watched tape of him. Uh, and, and saw the clips of him beating the, the right tackle or the left tackle for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Bosa, you could see, was a little bit lumbered by that ankle. You, he couldn't break down in space. He couldn't move just as well. So I think there may be something there where, obviously, he's still dealing with the, with the ankle injury. But maybe he did ha- suffer a setback. And maybe this is real, that he won't play on Sunday. Even if he doesn't play, I think the 49ers' defensive line is still pretty scary but it does become a lot more manageable if you're not worried about Bosa and Buckner and whoever else you want to name Solomon Thomas Eric Armstead go down the list that's clearly the strength of the 49ers the same way that's the strength of the Bengals and if they're missing Nick Bosa that would be like the Bengals missing I would say Sam Hubbard from week one just going by performance I would have said Carl Lawson but Carl Lawson has been a little bit limited and hasn't been quite as dominant yet this year although we do expect him to be a very good pass rusher. Yeah, that's for sure. I think on Rewind, when I watched the game again, I thought Lawson had uh, a few splash plays, one versus the run, a couple pressures that I thought were really nice, but Wilson got rid of the ball quick enough. Uh, But on 22 snaps, again, the Bengals didn't have a lot of defensive snaps in last week's game. I expect if the game script goes differently this week, we'll see much more of Carl Lawson versus the 49ers. One of the 49ers fans that listened to our crossover episode got in our mentions today and mentioned something along the lines of, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo was bad last week, but he did have two touchdowns that George Kittle called back by penalty, which I think is a good point. We talked a little bit about how George Kittle only had 50-something odd yards on six catches or so last week, and maybe there's a blueprint there to slowing him down. But one of the penalties was called back by an illegal formation where Joe Staley wasn't lined up on the line of scrimmage properly. So... Maybe there's something there that we didn't consider properly at first, but he did grade very poorly. He being Jimmy Garoppolo from Pro Football Focus, one of the worst quarterback performances of week one. 
So the Bengals can continue to hope that they can get some pressure and Garoppolo didn't face much pressure. He just made mistakes in coverage. If that's the way the game goes, I don't like it as much for the Bengals because I don't like their coverage unit a ton. I think it's good, not great. I think they really will thrive off of mistakes forced by the front seven. So we'll have to see if that defensive line can continue to get pressure this week. And they did last week. 50% of the pass rushes got pressure on the Seattle Seahawks. So if the Bengals can replicate that against a much, much better offensive line for the 49ers, and I think a more balanced offense, they're going to run the ball, they're going to run play action off it, they're going to keep the pass rush at bay. This is going to be the first test for the Bengals this year, I think at linebacker, because they were not tested at all last week in coverage, and in the secondary. And and they had their ups and downs last week, especially – uh, Jesse Bates, William Jackson, and, and Drake or Patrick, and, and all of them did. B.W. Webb had a penalty in the end zone, too. That had a, a big moment or a big shift in the game. So I, I think the Bengals' defense is up for the challenge based on what we've seen. But I think at the same time, that's why I think this game may be a little bit closer than some fans think. It's Bengals' home opener, and I think that's the biggest advantage Cincinnati has. I think the other advantage that they have is that they might come out and show a little bit something different. I don't think they opened the entire playbook up against Seattle, Listening to Zach Taylor, it sounds like they showed pretty much all of their screen playbook. Maybe there's a few screens they haven't shown, and they obviously showed that flea flicker that could have been a secret weapon to hold late into the season if they really needed a touchdown at some point. But I think there's got to be a lot that they haven't showed on both sides of the ball. Just from what we did see, I think the other advantage that we talked about with Brian Peacock of Locked On 49ers is the Bengals are going to be seeing a similar defense this week. They might have some answers, and I talked to Trey Hopkins about what they might do a little bit differently this week and how they might adjust if they see the same sort of look in terms of keeping the middle linebacker free. He talked about how Seattle's alignment kept Bobby Wagner free for the whole game just by the nature of where they were putting guys on the defensive line. So we'll get to that in a few minutes on the Lockdown Bengals podcast. And this has been your lead story. The Bengals play the 49ers in just a couple days, and then Lockdown Bengals will be back with your game recap on Sunday. So we'll get to that Trey Hopkins interview in just a second. Before that, I have to tell you about DoorDash. Joe, you ordered some tacos today from DoorDash, and we have a promo code that our listeners can get $5 off with. Well, I didn't use the promo code. You should have told me this before, Jake. Well, I didn't know you were going to go to tacos, but I do know that you, our listeners, are hungry because you're probably listening to this either when you're going to work or at lunchtime or when you're going home or it's dinner time, you need something to eat, you can get $5 off your first order of $15 or more through DoorDash if you download the app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. With door-to-door delivery in all 50 states and Canada, Jake, order from your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, and the Cheesecake Factory. Don't worry about dinner. Let dinner come to you with DoorDash. If there's a Chipotle near me, you know that's what I'd be calling tonight. Claim your $5 off when you download the app and enter promo code Locked On. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. 
available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So today I had a chance to interview Bengals center and number one center, according to Pro Football Focus, Trey Hopkins. I got 18 minutes of Trey's time right after Thursday's practice, thanks to Emily Parker, again, the Bengals Director of Communications, for setting this up for us. Let's take a listen to what I got to talk to Trey Hopkins about, starting with some questions about his life off the field. Thanks for taking the time to join me today. I appreciate you coming in right after practice to answer a few questions. I'm sure all of the listeners will as well. (laughs) So I just wanted to start by talking to you about kind of your life outside of football because I feel like you've been around the team for such a long time. We've been pulling for you for such a long time. You're one of our favorite undrafted free agents when you came into the league, we being the collective of Joe and myself, my co-host, and some of Bengals Twitter who really liked you as a prospect. We never really got to, oh yeah, for sure. But we never really talked too much about your lives off the field. So mm-hmm. I know I think four things about you from your social media and from Bengals.com. I know you like fishing. You've gone fishing with some yep. of your offensive lineman friends. Yep. I know you like to play Xbox, you play woodwinds, and you obviously play football. Yep. <laughs> That's a good starting point. So you play saxophone and clarinet. How long have you been playing, and do you still play? Oh, man, I started uh, with a clarinet in sixth grade, in, in, in sixth grade band. And kind of since since then, I mean, I picked up uh, the saxophone, saved up some money, bought a secondhand uh, saxophone um, probably in the eighth grade. That used to be my big thing is I would just save up Christmas money or my one – Christmas present I would ask for would be like just a cheap musical instrument and just try to teach myself how to play. So I had between the, the saxophone and the clarinet, I had got a violin and like a keyboard and stuff like that. I just wasn't very good at those. Couldn't pick them up quite as good as, as uh, the saxophone. Um, but yeah, I just kept playing the clarinet in the band and just had the saxophone at home. And uh, yeah, did that until I had to make a decision between band and football and was at ninth grade pretty much and uh and you know football won out but i've always i've kept with the clarinet i actually have it up here with me in cincinnati i just i pull it out every now and again especially in camp it's a good good little you know just break from that from from football i'll say just getting back to to something old you know yeah, a little bit meditative. I also played saxophone. I also tried to play violin and keyboard. So it's interesting to hear that we have those in common. <laughs> never tried the clarinet, though. I started with saxophone and never went the other way. Mm-hmm. I also saw that you tweeted something about a Firestone and an evolution from Eevee. And one of our, <laughs> yeah. one of our followers wanted to know, if you could have your Eeveelution of, of your choice, what would you pick? Oh, Vaporeon, 100%. Vaporeon. Mm-hmm. Going with one of the originals then. Yeah. Nice. I'm, original, I'm an original 150 Pokemon guy anyway. I, I was back when it was Pokemon Red, Blue, and then Pokemon Yellow was the, the big new thing when Pikachu just followed around you. But uh, And then like Gold and Silver, I think, was the last ones I got into. Um, but yeah, definitely Vaporeon. I would be a, I'd be a, a, a water type kind of guy i got you it's a good answer i I think we had the same childhood from the sounds of things Uh, 
So let's talk about football a little bit. You chose football instead of marching band. I made the opposite choice, and now I'm here talking about football. You're out there playing it. You're one of the only players in the NFL who can play all the positions on the offensive line, and you have played pretty much everywhere on the offensive line, at least in Texas, if not in the pros. What's Mm -hmm. that like? What are the differences between each of those spots that really stand out to you? I'd say the biggest jumps, I mean – Tackles, of course, because you have all that. It's a lot of space. <laughs> it's just, it's just, a, it's just a lot, a lot of space you have to work with and, and cover and, and be in control in. Um, so I, I think that's that's the position that kind of stands alone. The biggest change between guard and center is really just getting used to that timing of okay, for a split second, I'm, only, I'm gonna have one of my hands kind of occupied, you know. But but other than that, interiorly, I mean, it, it's in the interior it's it's not too too much different um but yeah uh coming from texas i played guard um predominantly at texas had a a year at at, at tackle and then coming here and every year i i got to do i had to do uh qb center snaps and never had never got really thrown out at center until last year in the preseason for the first time and um I say that was the biggest shock is just kind of you know, like dang for a second I mean you kind of just got to make do with your left hand and kind of mm-hmm. just use your body until you can get your other your snap hand back up and that that was the biggest adjustment I feel like I had to make and just kind of get used to um moving from guard to center I'd say you did a pretty good job adjusting I don't know if you heard but you were pro football focus's highest graded center from week one did you hear about that Oh, oh yeah, my my family's all over that kind of stuff. <laughs> I give plenty of phone calls. How did that feel? Did that mean anything to you? Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. It was it, it was wild because I mean, like you said, I've been around here for a while, and I mean, it's not like this is my first game I played in or anything like that. But right. just to just to be like just to be top ranked, I mean, at anything, you kind of I don't know. You expect to do well. And then you get surprised when you find out how how good it was, you know. Yeah, um, Seattle's got a yeah, tough it, defensive it, it line. It was really surprising. Too. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it was a, it was a tough game. I mean, um, definitely. I mean, definitely proud of that. Something that I want to I want to build off of, you know. Well, we hope you can this week with another challenging defensive line coming in with Eric Armstead and I don't know. They got the edge guys that everyone talks about, but their interior is yeah. pretty good too. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, they've really invested in that, that line. They definitely have. And a team that has a lot of pieces, getting Nick Bosa with the second overall pick. And even though he's really only playing on a leg and a half, he looked pretty good in week one, didn't he? Yeah, he did. <laughs> I mean, everybody up front, they, they were really they were really getting after it, getting after it. Is there any advantage for you? Seattle ran, you know, they're known for their cover three kinds of defenses. It was a very hard environment for you to play in. San Francisco has some of the disciples of that Pete Carroll defense. Are you expecting to see some of the same looks from Seattle in the San Francisco game? Um, maybe. I mean, you know, everybody watches previous games and, and they make adjustments, obviously, to give themselves the biggest um, leg up. So it, it's possible. And, you know, we'll be prepared for, for things like that. And we're preparing for things like that. But, uh, you know, the biggest thing looking at, at from Seattle to this line I think is the biggest thing I see, and I and I think that I mean I can speak for myself that I'm kind of focused on is that there's definitely the the, the kind of caliber I'll say of of rushers 
um, that we'll be facing is kind of a, a little bit of a step up just because, I mean, there's not a guy on that line when they when they line up that can't rush the passer. Right. And, um, I mean, saw that watching watching the game against Tampa Bay. Like, they, they really get after it. So, last week I know we had 50, 50-some snaps passing the ball. Obviously, you hope to even that up a little bit with the run. But when we do have to pass it, um, it's definitely, we definitely got to be on our, our P's and Q's. Got to be scouted up there because they're coming. In just a minute, I'll be back with Trey Hopkins to talk about the run game a little bit and what Seattle did to take it away, what adjustments might be coming from the Bengals to get the run game on track. We'll finish up the interview in just a minute. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course you take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. My bookie offers a variety of options depending on your style of betting. You can bet on games after kickoff if by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can take the other side and recoup your cash. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, you can try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. No matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. That's promo code LOCKEDON. Visit mybookie.ag today to play so you win and get paid. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Seattle came out with a very flat defensive front. Something that the Mm -hmm. announcer said they took from most likely New England and how they stopped the Los Angeles Mm -hmm. run game in the Super Bowl last year. Is that something that you guys were expecting to see? It looked like at times you had a hard time getting to the second level and Bobby Wagner was free maybe a little bit more than you wanted him to be. Yeah. Um, It was something that we knew was a possibility, obviously, and because it was the first game of the season, it's one of those things where you have kind of a a whole year to prepare um, for your your first first opponent, of course. Um, So it's something that we took a look at, but um, when it it became a – a whole game type thing, then we have to make some adjustments. Because, of course, you have a couple plays that you, you want to run into it, but when you have to expand, sometimes you kind of have to take the plays that you have and make adjustments for it on the sideline, and that's kind of what we did. And at the, end of the, at the end of the day, you just have to do whatever gives you the best chance to win, and that's kind of when we had to go to the air for it. I mean, Andy had a big day, um, so did John Ross, and, and we, have, we have the playmakers to do it. So, I mean <laughs> – it's one of those things where, yeah, they, they had a great scheme, I mean, for the run, and, and kudos to them. But um, we have enough playmakers on this on this offense, I believe, to to take advantage of it because you, when you run the defense like that and, and you just you, you put so much into stopping the run, you kind of you make yourself a little vulnerable to the pass. Um, and so we, we came up short, but, but, I mean, we obviously saw that we, we still have big pieces in this offense that can, that can help us to be successful. So if we do see it again, um, 
I think I know we'll be more prepared for it. Just, I mean, that comes with any experience, but also because I mean we're getting we're, we'll start getting guys back um, pretty soon here, and and um, I mean we just have the confidence to do it. I think right now. Yeah, that's really good to hear. There were a couple of times that you did get to the second level, and you in particular, I think you sprung Geo on his 11-yard run, and there was a run earlier in the game when you were able to get off that combo block, get to the second level. I think it was a six-yard run off the right side for Mixon. So I hope to see that that's something that uh, continues. But what's the key for getting off of those blocks and getting to the second level? Is there anything that uh, Seattle did to take that away that you're that you're trying to correct going into this week that you can talk about? The biggest thing I would say is they did a good job of just freeing Bobby Wagner just by their alignment of the ends, the defensive ends compared to him, I'll say, because it was a little difficult because it would have been easy just to put an interior alignment on him. But you can't when you have a defensive end playing inside of your tackle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, So it was just a good relationship between those two that made it difficult when you have – your center, both your ta- uh, you have your center and, and one of your guards covered, and then you have a, a four eye. So your your one guard can't really just escape and get up to to, to Wagner. Yeah. Um. So I mean, it, it was a good scheme. It was it was a good scheme, but um, yeah, we definitely have some stuff we we've been working on just in case that ever that ever shows up again. Yeah, for sure, that makes a lot of sense. I'll just ask you a couple more questions if you still have time. I, I appreciate you going a little bit long with me today. No You've been dealing with, through the preseason, a whole lot of different offensive line combinations. How long does it take, mm-hmm. in your opinion, to build chemistry, especially at center, with the guards on either side of you? You know, it, it, it doesn't take as long as you might think. And I'll say this because just being a guy that, I mean, I've been around here a lot, haven't played every year that I've been around, but I've, I've had opportunities to kind of play next to, to – um, a lot of different guys is the biggest the the thing that takes the longest is is stuff that's off the field I, I think you know and that and even that doesn't take so long because you, you I mean you're up here all the time yeah and I think a big part of the line play is just the the chemistry off the field like knowing knowing your guy having an actual relationship with the guy you're playing next to mm-hmm. because the biggest thing we do as offensive linemen is talk and communicate with each other and knowing how each other expresses themselves and, and, and communicates so that you're seeing things through the same eyes and you're and you're doing things the same on the field. Now, on the field, the biggest thing is just, I mean, everybody, for the most part, we're coached to have the same steps or have similar steps, I'll say. But there's a tweak here and there for everybody. People are different heights, different weights, different speeds. So everyone tweaks it a little bit according to their, I mean, athletic gifts, I'll say. Um, and so that might take a day or two to realize, okay, John takes a, a step that's a little it's a little shorter than the one that Mike might take, you know. I got you. Yeah. Um so but that that happens, you realize that within a matter of plays, you know. Yeah. Um the biggest thing is just getting used to how each other communicates and and what they're looking at so that you know sometimes you're not always making the full call, but you just be, but for instance I might just say hey Mike 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 as as the the cadence is going on and know that Mike is with me. Mike, talking about Mike Jordan, obviously, um, mm-hmm. my left guard. But know that he's with me, and he's saying exactly what I'm saying. It, that kind of um, that kind of chemistry is is what's built over a, a longer period of time. I'll say. 
I got you. Speaking of communication, are you making calls for protections and identifying anybody on the defensive line? Are you identifying keys in the in the front seven of the opponents, or is, what's that responsibility look like for for the Bengals right now? Um, it, it falls on the center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It falls on the center, and then the quarterback makes the the changes or the corrections if he sees something or if he wants a specific hot, he'll make the necessary corrections. Right. But it's it's a it's a it's 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 a, it's a both of our responsibilities, um, and we have to meet and you know communicate on that and make sure me and me and Andy are on the same page with that. The coaches have spoken glowingly of your mental capabilities, so I'm sure you're doing a great job there. Last couple of questions here. This one might be quick. Is there any difference in how you guys go out there and block when Gio's running the ball versus when Joe has the ball? No. Same exact stuff. <laughs> it's the same. It's the same exact. Um, it's the same exact way because, I mean, for the most part, because um, Turner's done a great job of limiting what we actually have to think about. Gotcha. So they, they like, rave about my mental capacity, but, but they've done a great job of just limiting what we have to think about so we can play fast. So for the most part, we can, as offensive linemen at least, there's a lot more stuff going on besides what we're doing, of course, but we can categorize things. So for for us, one play – for one play for alignment, it could be 10 different plays for whoever's in the backfield and the receivers and all of them. So a lot of times you, you don't really think about it. It's not like I'm like, oh, Joe's in there, so I can I can shorten this step right here or I can climb a little bit faster here. It's, right. it's just, no, I have, I have a track that I've practiced over and over and over again, and it would be harder for me to break it than it would for me to just, just go with how my body already has it kind of memorized, you know. Makes a lot of sense, yeah. Uh, last question. In the preseason and against Seattle, there were a lot of balls that were batted down. Some of those were on screen plays where there's nobody being blocked at all. But is that something that as an offensive line you're aware of? Is there anything you're going to try to change? Maybe punch some guys in the stomach a little bit to get them down when they go for the ball? <laughs> um, you know, we have we have our, our quick game and things like that. Uh, we really put a big emphasis on trying to get guys' hands down. Now, of course, they get paid, too, on the opposite side of the ball. Of so they're going to they're going to make some plays. But the biggest thing we can do as offensive linemen is really when, when you get a jumper, when you get guys like that, is, is discourage is discouraged that kind of stuff, whether you be the free guy and, and, you, and you take a hit, you get a, a quick little knockdown. Or if you're, if you're one-on-one and you're, and you're not with anybody, turning the block into, into a drive block now, it sounds easy, but in, in that split second, you're going back, you're kicking, you're kicking, you're kicking with your guy, and then they stop and, and jump, turn, transferring from a kick to, to a drive block, doesn't always happen as quickly right. as you would like, and that's that's when you can't get those guys hands down. But it's just something that we have to rep and, and practice, you know? Yeah, it's something that's a skill for sure that you can develop. Trey, it's been yeah. an absolute pleasure talking to you. I feel like I could talk to you about this stuff for hours, but I won't take up any more of your time. Well, thanks for having me. So that was my chat with Trey Hopkins, and that's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We've got a game coming up on Sunday. We'll get you the game recap after that. Until then, Bengals fans, who day and have a good one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.